Fueled, episode number 58, Grit, with Damon Stevens. Welcome to Fueled, the podcast for teens that aspire for greatness. My name is Easton Allred, and I am a successful entrepreneur, athlete, college student, and personal development guru. Each week, I interview successful and inspiring individuals that will teach you the secrets of setting goals and developing life-changing habits that will fuel you to greatness. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get fueled. Hello, Fuel listeners, and welcome to episode number 58 of Fuel. This is your podcast host, Easton Allred, and I am so excited to be on the podcast with you guys today. Now, I just want to give a huge thank you to all of my past guests on the podcast. I mean, I've had all incredible guests that have really made a difference in my life and have made an impact, and I hope they have on your life as well. Haven't had a bad episode yet, and today's guest is no different. Damon Stevens is a mindfulness expert, also an entrepreneur, and I had the opportunity to actually interview Damon in person, which was very cool because I got to see him in action. And the only disadvantage of doing this is we actually did it in my office downstairs, which made the audio quality just a little bit echoey, but you're going to like this episode. My favorite thing about Damon was that he is not afraid to take risks. He's doing things differently and he's finding the results. Damon, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Could you tell my audience a little bit about you and what you're doing right now? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And then thank you for having me, uh, Easton. Uh, I do like to spend uh, time outdoors. I like to mountain bike. I like to fly fish. I uh, like to take in this beautiful, um, beautiful things we have here in Colorado. So professionally, where I've spent most of my time, which is uh, a little over 20 years, has been working in um, the industry of going, working with organizations to improve their overall performance through elevated manager, leadership, uh, individual contributor capability. So get them better at what they do, better skills, better behaviors. Um, I've worked with a few organizations. I'm currently working for a company called The Mind Gym, um, who's based in London and has their uh, head U.S. office here in New York City. So I think that I, I'm really passionate about this as well as just peak performance and everything you're doing. And a big part of that is the mind. What do you have to say and what do you think that athletes and just individuals who want to be better at performance, what do you think they can do to in a sense, hack their mind to be more successful? Yeah, a big part of it is belief. We talk about it a lot. It's, it's building belief. Um, you have to shift the way you think, you feel, and that will help uh, improve your performance and get you to behave differently. I, I think that I totally agree with you on that. And it's, it's interesting because one of my favorite stories is the four-minute mile. Nobody thought it was possible to break mm-hmm. the four-minute mile for years and everyone was trying to do it and it was considered physically impossible and then one person did it and they thought it would be hundreds of years until somebody else did it again mm-hmm. and then just a couple of years later someone did it so I think that just the personal belief you have makes all the difference in the world but the next question I have for you is what do you think is one event from your childhood that has shaped to the person you've become today? Yeah, uh, th- that's pretty easy for me actually. Um, growing up, my dad was in sales. He was in dental sales. And uh, when I was off from school in the summer, I would spend a lot of time just riding around with him as he made his, uh, his sales calls. So th- the way that shaped me is I saw his work ethic, I saw the relationships he built, I saw the consistency in how he went about his work. 
Um, and that was way back then when I was probably nine, 10 years old, um, told me that that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to find something that I was passionate about that involved relationships and communication. And I thought sales would be a great fit. I heard a quote that says, life is a series of sales pitches. And mm -hmm. I think I think that I've always personally wanted to be better at sales just because it's such a good skill and quality to have. Mm -hmm. What do you think are some of the things you could teach us about sales? You know, sales is, is about relationships mm -hmm. and it's about communicating effectively. I got my degree at the University of uh, Northern Colorado in mass communication for really that reason. Mm -hmm. I knew that if I could communicate effectively through writing, through um, speaking, um, and now through, of course, uh, different social, social media platforms, that that would enable me to be successful. So I think those are the critical skills uh, and behaviors needed to be successful in sales. Life is all about relationships and, and the, the people that are around you. I think everything that you have comes from somebody else in a sense. So just the value of relationships is, is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have failures in their entrepreneurial ventures. And you as an entrepreneur, what do you, what do you think has been the biggest failure for you? You know, I've thought about that. And I don't think there's ever been one big, massive failure. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of misses. There's been a lot of projects or opportunities I've missed out on for one reason or another. And you always take something away from that. You always learn from those. Um, but I really can't think of anything where I really beat myself up where I said, man, I really screwed that up. So, but, but there's always a lot of failures. I mean, if they're not weekly, they're daily uh, where you can find areas to improve. Interesting. I've never heard that answer on my podcast that there's small and simple failures every single day. And even though there may not be that big failure, there certainly is those small, small failures that you have to overcome every single day. And I'm a huge believer in momentum. So I think that the small failures you have mean more than the big failures because those small ones add up every single day. The way you handle those failures determine the person that you'll be, that you will become and one decision will lead to the next decision. So you decide where you where you want your momentum to go when you make those decisions on how you want to handle your failures. And the reason I started my podcast was to figure out what made people different, what made successful people have the edge over, say, average entrepreneurs. And and as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you you that you have experienced some of these things and learned some of the things that separate successful and unsuccessful entrepreneurs. Could you share some of those things with my audience? I, I think there's a few things. I think there's the common responses like work ethic mm -hmm. and being motivated and being a self-starter and um, lots of those things. But I think the one that is most important and a critical competency for success for, for anybody is grit. So the passion and perseverance to pursue your long-term goals despite those speed bumps in the road and having to cross over those hurdles. Um, you're gonna be thrown adversity and you've gotta learn how to deal with that and manage it and not let it beat you down uh, if you wanna be successful. Damon, I'm so glad you said that. My dad and I were literally talking about this yesterday, about how people can be more skilled than you, can they can have way more natural talent than you. But the person who wins is always the person who has the grit, who loves what they're doing more and will do anything to achieve that. I think the grit is the single biggest separator between successful and unsuccessful people in any aspect of life. How do you think it, you develop that grit? Uh, I think it's developed over time, and it, it has a lot to do with your mindset. 
Um, I, I think about, you know, here in Colorado, I think a great example was a few years ago um, in Peyton Manning and what he did with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. I tell this story a lot, right? He was coming off major neck surgery. People don't think he could do it. He was cut by his, uh, his team. He landed here in Denver and not only was he able to come back and be successful, but he won another world championship um, and put up record-breaking statistics. So I think in sports, there's countless examples of those that, that have grit and that passion and that perseverance. But I do think it's something you have to develop over time and it all comes down to your, your mental strength and ability to fight through those, uh, those choppy waters. In some ways, Damon, I believe that mentors are the shortcut to success. Who have your mentors been in high school and how has that changed for you now? Yeah, my, I, I thinking back to high school and uh, my, my mentors really were my mom and dad in different, in different ways. My mom always taught me to believe in myself. Um, she was one that would always tell me, you're, you're just as smart as everybody else out there. And I can tell you for a fact, I'm not. Um, yet she, that was the message. That was the narrative that she really tried to ingrain in me. And, and my dad, from what I mentioned earlier, just his work ethic, um, his passion for what he did, relationships he built. So I, I took a lot, of, a lot from both of them and kind of how I've developed as a, as a human being. Absolutely. And one thing that illustrates the power of belief to me is what's called the placebo effect. And the placebo effect, it was illustrated in a study that was done in 1996, where a group of 24 individuals were brought into a room and hold up both of their index fingers. Then the scientists put what they told the audience or the volunteers was an anti-inflammatory or a painkiller on one index finger and no ointment or anything on the second finger. And then they put a clamp or they clamped both index fingers and were and then asked the volunteers which one hurt more. And almost all of these volunteers reported that the that the index finger with the painkiller on it was significantly less painful. But the crazy thing was, is that that cream that was put on it was not an anti-inflammatory or a painkiller at all. It was just a water powder mixture to help them think that that was the case of Advil or whatever it may have been. And this has also been shown in the, in the 1700s or centuries ago when doctors used to use fake treatments for their patients when regular drugs were not available and it actually worked. Your beliefs can literally change your performance and capabilities. So just remember how powerful what you believe actually is. Damon, the next question I have for you is what are you excited about right now? What I'm real excited about is, so I've kind of shared what I've done professionally uh, for the last 20 years. Uh, two years ago, um, I decided to take what I've learned professionally over all these years around um, what you need to do to develop leaders and build better organizational capability and take that uh, and start my own business. And I started my own business um, a little over two years ago. Um, the company's called RX Sports Recovery and it focuses on um, helping athletes achieve better performance by accelerating the recovery process. So uh, it was a big risk because it's, it's a very new concept. Um, there may only be eight to 10 of these in the country that have somewhat of a similar model. And we thought it was something that in our community, which uh, has five very large high schools and uh, very good athletic programs, would be something that could really differentiate the athletes within those schools and help them reach 
their goals and perform at a very high level. And that's exactly what it's been. So I'm quite excited uh, how things have played out over the last two years because our goal was to have something that brought value to the community and of course have a sustainable, profitable business. And that's exactly what we have. So uh, I'm excited to see where that takes us. Absolutely. And, and I go to RX all the time. I absolutely love that place. And, and you know, I talked to Rich Roll on my podcast yesterday mm-hmm. and he talked about you don't get stronger and you don't get faster in the while you're working out. It's all in the recovery. And so mm-hmm. you're able to speed that up with what you're doing at RX. And um, I think that's had to be a huge risk for you because I went in, I went in the first time and I was thinking, and, and I went pretty early when it, when it was just barely getting started. And I was thinking, there's no way this is going to survive. Like, <laughs> like, like, this is a really cool place, but there, there's no way it's going to make it. And then uh, even just six months later and going a little bit more often, I've seen it's packed at night. I mean, you just don't even have enough room for all the people that are coming in. And it's so successful right now. And it's got to be a good reward for you to just see that it was a little scary at first, but now it's paying off and it's very successful. Yeah, well, you you you've hit it. Um, we've had we had the same sentiment. There were times we were really nervous. Um, as I as I tell a lot of people, it's not like we opened up the next big burrito place, right? <laughs> um, it was a very new concept. People would hear sports recovery. They would say, "What is that? Is it rehab?" No, it's not rehab. It's more like prehab. It's preventative <laughs> maintenance, um, just like you do to your car to keep it running. So uh, it was a risk, and there were times we were real nervous. That was the 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 grit I talked I, I talked about when we just need, needed to stay true to our, our belief and, and what we were offering and have the right types of conversations with the right people. And at the end of the day, when our members came in, make sure they got the best service possible and were truly invested in their success. Definitely. And I'm really interested to hear this because I don't know this story, but how did RX come to be? I mean, did you have, like, did you know when you were younger that you wanted to start a sports recovery in place? I'm guessing the answer is no. And did you have that um, background um, in education. What what made you want to start that business? Where did that idea come up? Yeah, we, we get asked that question a lot. And no, I don't have that background um, or education. It's not why I went to school. Mm-hmm. It's not a field I knew much about. Um, the, the way we came up with this concept was a combination of a couple things. Um, we had been, us and some friends, our business partners, had been to the CrossFit Games a few times. And in going to the CrossFit Games and just being exposed to um, that industry or that, that, that fitness field, um, we started to get some exposure to some of the recovery equipment and services that was available mm-hmm. to elite athletes. We then started talking with my brother-in-law who happened to be in the medical field. He worked at a, a physical therapy clinic and he said this, our concept was what was missing um, in that field. And so it took us about a year to come up with our model and determine what that was going to look like, what type of equipment, what type of services, um, how we were going to manage it. And uh, yeah, we opened our doors January 1st, 2015, and um, it's still evolving. Yeah. We, we learn something new just about every week, and we hope that we make the right decisions to uh, stay on this positive track. Definitely. And, and now you've got all those physical trainers who do have that mm-hmm. uh, background and, and education in RX. And so it's cool mm-hmm. that even though that wasn't your specialty, you, you saw that there was a niche right there and that that needed to be fulfilled. And so you made it happen and you found people who were knowledgeable and, and you became more, more knowledgeable on the topic. That's so inspiring. Um, what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs who want to start their own businesses? Well, I think I've shared some of it, is, is be prepared for some adversity. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come easy, no matter how good your plan is and 
how well you've thought through every possible scenario. You're going to be throwing some curveballs and you're going to miss some. Um, so you've got to be prepared for that adversity. Know how to uh, you know get, get over those speed bumps, cross those hurdles, and uh, yet you've got to stay true to what you're passionate about and believe in yourself and make the right decisions along the way. Mm-hmm. How do you define success? I think it's it, success can be defined a lot of different ways. Um, sometimes it's measurable, right? You're a runner. Yeah. Sometimes it's I want to run a mile in 4:20. Great. You run it in 4:20 or less. That's measurable. Mm-hmm. Check that box. I've done it. But other times it's not as measurable. Um, sometimes it's just knowing that you put forth the most effort you possibly could. You did the best you could. Um, it's it's a common saying. Um, and at the end of the day, you feel like you know what? It, I may not have gotten the result I wanted, but I know I did my best. I you know I dealt with some adversity, and I consider that successful. Mm -hmm. And I was reading a book today that was talking about big goals versus small goals. It's called Fish Out of Water by Calvin Wayman. And he gave the example of two people. One person's name was Bill, the other's name is Bob. Bob had ran over 10 miles in his life and knew that he had the capability, a little bit of training to run a marathon. But just to be safe, he didn't want to fail, so he set the goal to run a half marathon. Phil, on the other hand, had also run over 10 miles before, and he knew that he had the athletic capability if he worked hard to run a marathon. But what was different is rather than setting a half, is setting a goal to run a half marathon and playing it safe, rather than running a marathon and playing it safe, he set the goal to run an ultra marathon. And what happened is Bob trained X amount of time every week, trained about once or twice a week, just ran on a 45-minute run, whereas Phil trained every single day for 45 minutes all out and was ready for that marathon. Bob achieved his goal and ran the half marathon successfully, but Phil did not. He made it 37 out of the 50 miles. Who is more successful? Some would say that Bob was more successful because he fulfilled his goals. He did what he wanted to do. But I would argue that Phil worked way harder and he reached a higher a higher potential than Bob did, even though it wasn't necessarily his goals. So set big goals and really get get figured out in your mind what exactly success is for you. And the next question I have for you is what habits do you have that helped you to be more successful in your life? It's, it's a simple one. I exercise just about every day. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's interesting how many episodes I do and how many interviews mm-hmm. I do. And, and the two biggest ones I get for habits are I read and I exercise. I think mm-hmm. successful people are, are in shape because that's how your mind gets functioning. That's, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's a big, show of how disciplined you are. And so mm-hmm. I think that exercising makes all the difference in the world. And if you could have a couple of minutes with your former teenage self, what advice would you give yourself and why? Yeah, I, I, thinking back to that, and it was interesting. I moved to Colorado when I was 13, mm-hmm. the summer before my freshman year of high school. I then went to Cherry Creek High School, which at the time and probably still is, biggest high school in the state. Yeah, it's, it's Massive huge. school. 4,000 <laughs> students. I had thousand people in my freshman class that was coming from a small private school in California. So it was overwhelming. Um, and at a school like Cherry Creek, there are uh, a lot of cliques, a lot of groups. And I think if I could look back, I would say, just believe in yourself and do what you want to do. Don't get influenced by the wrong people. 
just because you feel like you want to be part of that group. Um, and be inclusive and build relationships with all types of people, mm-hmm. no matter who they are, where they come from. Uh, at the end of the day, relationships are the most valuable thing you can have. Thank you so much, Damon, for getting on the podcast. And thank you all, Fuel listeners, for tuning into episode number 58 of Fueled. If you live in Colorado, go check out RX Recovery Sports. Leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, and I'll see you all in future episodes.